Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. My name is Bobby, and I would love, love, love to meet you uh, and connect with you. You know, our team showed up super early this morning, and they work really hard to uh, to make this church feel like your church. And so, uh, we're we're just again so so thankful that you decided to be here with us today. Um, we're in part two. We're in week two of a series called Incoming. Incoming, and this is a series of sermons on finances and generosity and money and all the fun stuff. And so, uh, I know some of you have some, uh, you have some, maybe have some baggage when it comes to churches talking about money. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, but, but from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know this. It's we said this last week. This isn't about us. Um, doing something for us. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. And I truly believe that having healthy finances is, is a way that we can have joy in our life. It's a way that we can have peace in, in our family and harmony. It's a way that we can be effective in our journey for Christ. And so I, I know that, um, I know and I pray that this will help you. And, and having healthy finances is a really good thing, but the opposite is true as well. And we talked about this, any area, any area of my life that is not surrendered and submitted to Jesus is open to spiritual defeat and deception of the enemy. Any area, including my finances, that's not surrendered and submitted. And so last week we talked about that church word called tithe. We talked about tithing, which just means 10% or, or one-tenth. And we talked about how uh, um, living a generous life, it's not a, it's not a head issue, it's a heart issue. And it's something that the Lord wants our heart on. And so we, we've been talking about, we, we named this series Incoming because we, we have these bombs, right? We talked about the bombs last week. We're going to talk about some more today. Last week we talked about the bomb of comparison, how we all look and we want to compare our lives and our car, our house, our clothes, our vacation. We compare with everybody else and we get, we get caught up in this bomb. And we also get caught up in the bomb of, of just being discontent, right? How do, I, how do I be content with what God has given me? Why is enough never enough? And so today we're going to look at another bomb in our finances. Um, and so I want to give you a little disclaimer today, all right? So I just want you to know this straight from the top. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture. We're going to look at God's Word. And, and God's Word has a lot to say about money. It really does. If, if, you, if you don't know God's Word, or, or, man, there's a ton about finances and generosity and giving and money. And so we're definitely going to look at that. And we're going to look and see what God's Word says. But today, I'm also going to give you just some, uh, some financial advice. All right? Now, I'm gonna, here's the disclaimer. I'm not a financial guru, okay? But there are some things that, that we've tried and in our lives that have been tried and true. And so I'm going to give you some, a whole lot of the word and a little bit of Bobby. Okay. Just so you guys know this, because I want you to know, I'm going to give you some apps. I'm going to give you some practical things. That stuff's not in the Bible. Okay. There's no apps in the Bible yet. All right. Um, but, but I, I want you to know that. So I want to start today with just a, a really cool story. I read, read this story this week and, and, and thought it fit really well. On January 17th in 1966, just off the coast of Southern Spain, Two United States military planes collided midair, scattering four thermonuclear bombs near a tourist area called Palomares. 
Three of the bombs were quickly recovered on land, but one disappeared into the Mediterranean Sea. In March of the same year, the lost bomb was found tangled up in its own parachute 2,800 feet underwater. Managing to hook onto the nuclear bomb with an improvised fishing line, the recovery team started to hoist it out of the depths when disaster struck. The parachute pulled so hard on the line and hooked that it snapped, dropping the nuclear bomb slowly back down towards the bottom of the sea. This time it ended up deeper than ever before. There are over 1,300 nuclear bombs today in the world, some statistics say, and some, at least three, are unknown where they're at at this time. So so I want you to think about that today, and it's going to kind of segue right into what we're going to talk about. Losing a nuclear bomb is a pretty big deal, right? I think all of us would agree that's a a pretty big thing to lose, the the, the damage that could be done, the destruction that could happen, right? So, So let me ask you this question today as we're talking about your finances. Have you ever lost your money? Anybody ever lost? Now, now, I know some of you are thinking, like, I dropped $20 or I left my wallet. I'm not talking about that. Uh, um, but, but do you really know where every, every single one of your dollars is? Do you really know where every, every single one of your dollars is going? Think about that for a minute. Every week, all the incoming, all the outgoing, all the, 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 the credit, the debit, the bank account, the, the, the digital banking, do you know where every single one of your dollars are? According to a recent survey, 20% of Americans regularly run out of money before payday. So think about that. Now, now again, this is a tough subject because there's so many different emotions when it comes to money, right? Some of us like money, yes, let's save and I'm going to be secure and we're going to save for the whole family. We're going to, we're going to help, right? And then the other person's like, man, I just want to spend some money. Come on, let me, let me have some money. I want to go spend. I want to go shopping, right? I have somebody in my family like that. I'll let you decide who that is, all right? But, but here, here's what we believe. Avoiding financial fallout and walking in freedom is less about decisions that make dollars and more about decisions that make sense. Talking about, do I know where all my dollars are? Do I know where, where everything that comes in, where it goes, and what happens? So the question today, we're going to, to answer this question. We're going to look at the book of Haggai, all right? So if you have your Bible, go to the book of Haggai, all right? So for some of you, are like, what the heck? I didn't even know that was a book in the Bible. So go to Matthew, okay? Go to Matthew, which is the first book of the New Testament, and then go backwards three chapters, okay? Or three books. Haggai is the, is the third to last book in the Old Testament. And then we're also going to go to Luke today. So we're going to go to a couple different places. We're going to bounce around. But I want to show you these two different stories that I think we can really, really relate to when it comes to understanding where our, our, our finances are going. Are we being, uh, are we financially free? Do I have peace? Do I have joy when it comes to these areas in my life? So Haggai chapter one, um, this is in the Old Testament, probably in some really tough, tough times for God's people. Uh, the Israelites, they find themselves struggling that, that we often see just to get by. Uh, uh, they're, they're struggling just to, just to have enough. So, so being generous really isn't even on the table because they don't have a lot extra to go uh, on in their lives. They don't have a lot left over. 
And so during this time, God uses this prophet, this man of God named Haggai, and Haggai delivers this message. So if you found it, let's stand to our feet in honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to read uh, Haggai chapter 1. We'll read verses 2 through 7. It should be here on the screen with me. The Lord of armies says this, These people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Verse 3, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled housings while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to be at warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. The Lord of armies says this, think carefully about your ways. Father, I pray for these next few minutes that you would uh, just stir in our hearts as we talk about this, this sometimes difficult subject. Lord, I know that there's some of us in this room that this is a, this is a tough topic of conversation at home. This is a, a place of stress, a place of anxiety. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today and we would be able to walk out of here knowing that we can have financial freedom in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to break this down a little bit, okay, because there's, some, there's a lot going on here. So look, look back with me at verse 2. At verse 2, the Lord of armies says this, These people say the time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Now, God starts this way because for, for this culture and for this people, in this time, in order for them to begin to rebuild the temple, that's what he's talking about. It's not come time for the house to be rebuilt. This is a temple. It would first require a deity to, to ask for the project to begin. Okay, so keep that in mind as we're, as we're going through this. So this message that, that God gave through Haggai, this man of God, this prophet, all right? But God gives this question in verse 3. Look at, look at verse 3 again. The word of the word came through the prophet Haggai. Listen, verse 4. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled housing while this house remains in ruin? So, so here's what he's saying essentially. In this time, if times are so tough, if you can't rebuild the temple, you can't do that, you don't have enough, why are you able to put this nice paneling in your house? And I know what you're thinking, paneling, really? Like, that's, that's it? That, that, and during this time, this was a really big deal, okay? It, it wasn't about, uh, it, it wasn't structurally necessary to have paneling in their houses. This was a luxury, all right? It would be, it would be considered classy. Right. And so so what what saying what through the prophet Haggai, he's like, wait a minute, you guys don't have enough. If times are so tough, why don't you have enough to be build the temple to rebuild the temple? But you have enough to put all this luxurious stuff in your house. He's saying, not only have you guys not consulted me, you haven't come to me, you haven't asked me to do anything, but you went ahead with your self-interest, you went ahead with what you wanted and you built and you restored and you renovated sorry, their own houses. So, so, and you still have nothing left to show. Like you're doing all this for yourself, but there's nothing left over here. And then he continues in verse 5. Give careful thought to your ways. I love that he says that. We're going to hear that again. 
And then listen, listen to this verses six and seven. And I wonder how many of us, this kind of sounds like our financial situation. This kind of sounds like our life. You have planted much, but you harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're never warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. How many of us, that sounds like our financial situation? I have this, but it's never enough. I get this, and it's, I need more. I got, we, we do this, and then we always have to do this. And it's never, ever satisfying. It's never contentment in our life. I wonder how many of us, let's bring this home a little bit more uh, uh, personal. I wonder how many of us, I think Dave Ramsey says this, we run out a month, <laughs> we run out a month before we run out of money. No matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we want to get ahead, sometimes we, we, we keep trying and we try to get out of the hole, but we can't. Some of you, that's, that's, your, that's your financial situation. That's your budget in your home. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying, but it always seems like we're hitting this wall. It always seems like we're struggling. And, and Haggai's telling these people, man, you, you feel like you have enough, but it's never enough. Now, for some of you, I mentioned this a second ago. For some of you, you start thinking about Haggai and prophets and temple and rebuilding and money. Maybe it brings up some some hurt from church world talking about money, right? I, and that's real. I hear about this all the time. When we talk about finances, I hear about it all the time. Well, I just don't know. Uh, uh, I gave money to this church and this happened and, and this pastor, man, I, I, see him on, I see him on TV and all they do is ask for money. And, 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 and listen, I'll be honest with you. My grandfather, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but I remember as he began to get older, he started listening to some guy on TV and he would start sending this guy money. And this is a guy who, who his bathroom floor was falling apart. Like you could see through to the, to the basement. He had nothing but he started giving this money to this this guy on tv saying if you just give my ministry this money and you sow this seed then god's gonna bless you and i watched my grandfather give all that he had to this to this tv preacher so i get it i get it for some of you man that just brings up some struggle it brings up past hurt it triggers you know this this struggle when they're talking about churches and getting money and I'm, I just want to say I'm sorry on behalf of the church. I really am. I'm sorry that you feel that way because that's not what we want to be about. We want to be about helping you live in financial freedom. We want to be about helping you understand that you can have joy, that you can have peace when it comes to this area of life. So, so this message, it's not about guilt. It's not about debt. It's not about, it's not about giving your money to the church. It's about living in freedom the way that God wants us to. It's about you and I living this generous life and not, not being wasteful and, not, and knowing for sure where our finances are. So I, I hope that this series, I hope that today it, just, it, it inspires you to have a financial plan. I hope it inspires you to, to live a generous life. So, so we see Haggai, hundreds of years after uh, uh, Haggai, Jesus was born, okay? So Old Testament, then here comes Jesus onto the scene. And Jesus, as he grows up, he begins to go and he begins to teach people. And he uses a lot of parables, just these, these short stories so people with, with a lesson, so people could, could understand what he was talking about. And a very familiar one is called the prodigal son. Most of you, whether you've been in church your whole life or not, you, you probably know a little bit about that. But Jesus starts sharing with his people about something that gets lost. 
He starts sharing with his people um, um, that, that, that there's this prodigal son who, who does something really crazy with his finances, and he wants us to learn from these things. So Luke, Luke chapter 15, look at this with me. Uh, we'll, we'll read through this real quick. He also said, a man had two sons. This is Jesus talking. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to him. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together as he had all that he had and traveled to a distant country. Here it is, where he squandered his estate in foolish living. Verse 14, after he had spent everything, a severe famine struck the country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating. No one would give him anything. Now, we, we read a story like this, and probably very quickly we can either think of our lives or a time in our lives that reminds us how easy it is to squat, how easy it is just to bomb our budget, right? How easy it is to bomb our bank account. In this story, you know, there's some uncontrollable circumstances, right? There's a severe famine in this time, right? So we'll give him a little bit of credit there. But, but, but the prodigal made some pretty bad choices. He made some pretty bad choices. And, and there's no escaping the reality that, that, think about this today. We still live in a time and a culture that tries to convince us to do it now. Get what you want. Buy what you want. You only live once, right? Don't wait. You don't need to wait for that. Don't save for that. Go ahead and get it now. Even if you can't afford it, go ahead. Come on. Come on, right? That's, the, that's kind of the world that we live in. And this is the mindset that the prodigal son had. Thomas Huxley was a scientist and a leading biologist who found himself in a considerable amount of debt before he became famous. And this is what he said. A man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do as he likes. A man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do what he likes. The prodigal son, he said, Dad, give me everything that's mine. Give me, give me, give me, give me. And I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go live my life. I'm going to go do what I want. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go live. And the reality is that we haven't evolved much from this. (laughs) We we haven't, we're not, we're not all next level in this, right? There's probably still a little bit of prodigal son in all of us. Man, I want to go do that. I want to go have fun with that. I want to go spend that. I want to go make sure we get to do that. But look what happens. Verse 17, the Bible says, when he came to his senses. If you're an underline or highlight, under that little phrase right there, when he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food and here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and when he was filled with compassion, he ran, threw his arm around his neck and kissed him. Now that little phrase that he came to his senses. If, 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 if there was one word that we could kind of help us understand what that phrase means, that, that one word is repentance. He repented and he turned from this, this life that he thought was going to make him happy, this life that he thought was going to bring joy and it's going to bring peace, like I'm going to get everything, I'm going to have everything I want. 
The Bible says when he came to his senses, when he repented of, oh no, what have I done? He comes to his senses, and I love just the picture of this story. Of the, and you guys have probably heard this, the father sitting on the porch, and he's just looking, he's waiting for his son, and he sees his son, and he jumps off the porch, and he runs to his son, and, and, and the son's like, Dad, I'm so sorry. Dad, forgive me. I messed up. And, and if we're honest, again, there's probably a little prodigal in all of us. And so, so I want to I ask you a lot of practical questions today, questions that I want you to write down, to take home, to chew on these, to have conversations with your family. The first one is this, are you being wasteful or indifferent financially? The Bible says he squandered his wealth. He was reckless. He was wasteful with all that he had. Are we being wasteful or indifferent financially? Are we not waiting? Are we trying to hold more than we can handle? These are all great questions that we can try to understand. And, and in verse 5 in Haggai chapter 1, in verse 5 and verse 7, there's that little phrase that God kind of keeps saying through Haggai. This is what the Lord says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. Now, for some of you, like, you, you immediately begin to think about struggle. You immediately begin, the, the emotions, it swells up in you. Like, gosh, this is, this is such a place of struggle. This is such a place where, where we, we differ so much. And, and maybe you're here today and you don't know where you're dropping all your dollars. You don't know where all your dollars are going. But you want that freedom. You want that peace. You want to, you know, the, the, the Bible says, again, as the prodigal son came to his senses, Maybe today you're feeling like, man, we got to take this step. We got to get on the right journey here. Well, well part of us, uh, part of our desire here at the church is to help you with that, right? We don't want to just leave you out there and try to figure it out. So, so here in just a few weeks, we're starting the FPU class, Financial Peace University. It's a wonderful class where, where, you know, finances and God's word come together and we figure out how to live in, in the way that God's called us to. And we're going to have that class. And I want to encourage you. Come to your senses and get in there. Maybe you did it a long time ago and things have, have gone off path. Go do that. That's just something practical that we can help you with. Over the last several weeks and months, we've been trying to do some, uh, I'll use the word renovation on our website. And part of that is our giving page. And, and, and you know, like everything's online these days and there's so many different things. We've been going to seminars and our, our budget and finance team has been working really hard. And one of the things that we have on there, well, two things that we have on there that I really want to encourage you. One is just a resource page. You need some resources. You need some books. You need some apps. You need some articles. You need something to listen to. There on our website, there's, there's coming uh, uh, this updated resource page to help you, to help you get through some of this stuff. But then also there's another page that I'm really excited about that we're working really hard on. It's our transparency page. It's just a place where you can go and, and, and as you build trust with City Hope Church, as you build trust with giving your tithe and giving your offering here, it's a place where you can go and say, well, well what do they do with all the money that they get, right? How are they doing this? What do they do? Uh, what are they supporting? Where's my money going? And these are just silly, not silly, but practical, simple ways that, that we can help you in this, right? 
One of the simplest things that you can do right now to know where all of your dollars are going is create a family budget, right? Because you, you would not believe, Sheer and I over the years have been able to do uh, so many uh, premarital counseling opportunities and marriage counseling. And, and we talked about it a little bit last week. Almost every time, either number one or number two is finances. Every time, number one or number two struggle is finances, Young couples, get a budget. Get a, do a budget. Sit down together and do a budget. Older couples, man, you just go spin and you're like, well, we're good. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of that. Get a budget. It's a simple, simple way to make sure that you know you can walk in financial freedom. There's a really cool app that, and now this is Bobby, okay? I gave you guys, this isn't in the Bible. There's a really cool app right here called Every Dollar. Oh, it's so simple. It will help you. You can scan that QR code if you want to download it. It's free. It's, it's just a simple way for you and I. It's a very practical way for you and I to be able to understand where our money's going. A budget, it not only helps you with financial fallout, but it helps you make good decisions. Because here's what happens. Listen, here's what happens. When we, when we have to start cutting things out in our lives, right, the things that we typically start with, the things that typically go away first is uh, uh, our retirement, our emergency fund, our, our savings, our giving, the, the money that we give away, the tithe. We start with those things, right? But having a budget just helps us understand where to cut and where not to. Think, think about it like this. We've probably all watched a movie before where the hero, he's in the room, and he's trying to get rid of the bomb, right? And, the, and we just see the countdown going on the bomb, right? And he's, it, it plays it all up, right? The music's going crazy, and he's got the scissors, and he's like, there's a red wire and there's a blue wire. I don't really know which one to cut. Like, I just hope that I don't get blown up right here, right? And, and if he just knew, if he knew which wire to cut, life would have been a lot easier for him, right? Less dramatic, I think managing our finances, we, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be, do, I, do we cut here or do we cut here? When, when you create a budget, when you, it, it takes the drama out of it. We ask the, the right questions at the right time. We don't cut the wrong wires. Some of you are like, man, pastor, we've tried that. We, we've tried that. We tried to go the, the budget route, but being disciplined with our finances, that's tough. It's tough to be disciplined because I like to shop and I like to eat and I like to do that. I like nice things. Discipline in our finances is just like discipline in any other area of our life. Hebrews 12, 11 says this, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and a peace for those who have been trained by it. No discipline is pleasant. Discipline is not pleasant. If it was, it wouldn't change us. But a budget can show you where to cut, how to be disciplined, how to have financial freedom in your life. I, I ran across this quote this week, and, and, and as I'm thinking about these, these practical questions, not just uh, Haggai, not just Luke's story, but what are some practical ways that you and I can, can help our lives right now? Quote says this, your income limit, not your credit limit, is your spending limit. Very practical. Your income limit, not your credit limit, is your spending limit. 
So let me give you two real quick questions, two practical questions that you can chat through this week, that you can talk through. Number one is this, are you prepared for financial fallout? Are you prepared for financial fallout? 56% of Americans cannot cover a $1,000 emergency. 56% of Americans cannot cover a $1,000 emergency expense. Very simple, very, very easy first step. It might take a while for some, but, but start building this emergency fund. Start building. Start today. I want you to hear this. Over 1,000 American millionaires who were surveyed said they spend $200 or less each month at restaurants and use coupons all or some of the time when shopping. Think about that. Over 1,000 American millionaires, they spend less than $200 a month at restaurant and use coupons to, for some or all of the time when they're shopping. How do I begin to use an emergency fund? How do I begin to build an emergency fund? Get this margin in your life. And here's what margin does, all right? Margin turns an unexpected expense. It turns it from a crisis to an inconvenience. Regardless of how you drop your dollars, whether they're, you know, any, any way, drop them into saving. It gives margin to your life when, when tough times happen. Number two, are we investing in the right things? Just a simple, practical question. Go home, talk through this, pray through this. Are we investing in the right things? If, if you're a follower of Christ, listen to me, we're, we're going to be done. Brad, we'll ask Brad and the, and the team to come on back up. But if you're a Christ follower, remember, Christ made it very, very clear where we should be investing. Look what he says in Matthew 6. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroy, where neither thieves break in and steal, here it is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. King Solomon in Proverbs, the, the wisest king of all, he says, a good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver or gold. Where are you investing? Wherever, wherever we drop our money, wherever we drop our finances, our heart is surely to follow. Think about that for a second. Wherever we drop our finances, wherever we put our money and wherever we drop our dollars, our heart is sure to follow. Questions that I want to I want to challenge you with that that, that I want to challenge myself with is can we make an investment today that changes somebody's life? Can we make investments today that that bring somebody hope? Can we make some investments today that changes someone's eternity? Those are the kind of investments. You and I can be gospel-centered. We can be gospel-centered bombs, gospel-centered missiles that go into our community and invest into our loved ones, into our friends, into our family, into strangers.
you know, today is a lot, right? It's a lot. But today's not about, it's not about budgeting. It's not about debt. It's not about having a savings account. It's not about guilt. I want you to be able to walk in financial freedom, to be able to have peace to be able to have joy, to be able to live an effective life, investing into others. Haggai tells us, through the, the Lord tells us through Haggai, consider your ways. Consider your ways. The prodigal son tells us, come to your senses. Come to your senses. Come on, you got this. What is it? What is it for you and your family? Is this a place of struggle or is this a place of peace? Is this a place of constant conflict or is this a place of contentment? Where's your heart when it comes to finances? Where's your heart when it comes to your money? I get it. It's a tough subject. Sometimes it can be awkward to talk about it. But I want you to have some knowledge and some understanding that you can't walk in financial freedom wherever you're at today. And we want to help. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm just going to encourage you today before we leave, we're going to sing here just a second. And, and, and listen, I, I get it. This isn't some, you know, emotional shout down, like let's go charge the water pistol type of sermon. Very practical today. Over and over and over. I come in contact with people, say, I wish we could do more. I wish we could do this. What are you investing in today? Are you investing in someone's eternity? Are you investing in, in, in the ability to, to go and change someone's life, to give someone hope? Just as God said to Haggai and he told the people, consider your ways. Would you consider your ways today? Maybe today is the start of you coming to your senses to say, all right, we've done it our way long enough. We're ready to, ready to walk in this freedom. Father, whatever it is that you're speaking to the hearts of everyone here, Lord, I pray that each one of us would just be bold and be courageous. And even if it's some tough things, Lord, just the, the discipline that it takes, the struggle that, that this can be, the, the, the arguments, the fussing, the, so many times that this is an area where uh, there's not a lot of peace in our home. But I pray that we would follow your way the way that you designed not what we think but the way that you designed for us to live Lord I pray that there would be some, some families that, that walk out of this bondage that, that they feel when it comes to their personal finances it's that the, the weight that, that so many of us carry Lord, I pray that we would give it to you starting today. That we would live our lives 
with gratitude. We would live our lives with a humble spirit. We would make investments in the things that you call us to. Thank you for giving us your investment. May we never lose sight of that. May we never lose sight of you went first. You gave your best. May we follow that example every day in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Brad's going to lead us. You need somebody to talk to. We got some folks in the back. Got some folks up here in the front. Let's sing out. Let's be obedient today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.